What is up, everybody? This is the Full Send Perspective. It's me, Josh, here with AJ and Justin. I'm happy to have AJ back, but unfortunately, we're not going to have Ryan today. Um, we'll hopefully see him next week. But uh, AJ, how does it feel to be back, and how does it feel to be a married man? It was a good time. Um, definitely best day of my life. Uh, the boys were buzzing. The banter was good all across the night. Um, there were some good college football games on. Uh, ended up making a parlay Saturday morning when I was waiting for the ceremony to start before the noon games. It was a six-legger and uh, ended up cashing pretty big on it. So that was a nice, uh, nice little victory to end the night when I got my phone back and checked some scores. <laughs> and uh, No, man, it was good. It was good. Yes, it was a wonderful time. We're happy to have you back. All right, but it's time to get down to business this week. I'm just going to go through uh, recapping some of these games that happened. Um, First one is the Friday night one, and quite frankly, uh, a very shocking one, to say the least. We thought this would be a little bit more competitive. Uh, Me and Justin watched this one together, um, and I think – by the third quarter, we were spending more time just talking than we were actually watching the game because Iowa laid down the smackdown on Maryland. Oh, it was ugly. Uh, it was it was kind of close to the beginning, and then that horrific injury to Demas happened, oh. and uh, that was awful to watch. And like Justin pointed out too, when we were watching, he's like, "That's like huge." And sure enough, like right after that, and he was having a monster night too. By the way, uh, he had like four receptions for sixty yards in like one quarter. Uh, after that happened, uh, you could see Maryland was kind of deflated. Talia looked lost, and Iowa just thwumped them. Uh, but uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this one? Um, was not not what I expected. I, yeah, I would agree. Um, given the severity of what a undefeated team versus undefeated team at the time for Maryland coming in on a Friday night national television, uh, the explosive offense and yeah, Dante's injury was really unfortunate. It's really sad to see him um, be down with the type of caliber player he is. Uh, but you said Talia looked lost. I don't know if he ever showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, five interceptions. Um, yeah. Iowa's defense actually had six. So their backup, Reese Udinsky, came in the game. And he also threw – he also <clears throat> managed to throw an interception. Um Oh, my gosh. But I think this one here kind of solidified my place of where I think I was at. Um, And I do think they are the best team in the conference right now. And I do, as of now, think they're deserving um, to move on and get to the Big Ten Championship and have, you know, their fate kind of rest on that game on getting into the playoff. And it's obvious their defense has – just been swarming this entire year you know the amount of interceptions that they have is unbelievable you know Mm -hmm. Penix had an awful game week one against them um a veteran Iowa State team struggled uh, and now even an explosive uh, east and west coast style offense out of Maryland struggled and Mm -hmm. uh going back to what we talked about a couple earlier episodes we we didn't really know where Iowa's offense is going to come from you know a lot of the time it has been Tyler Goodson on the ground uh, he only had 66 yards on the ground through 19 carries, but Spencer, Spencer Petrus, he had, um, sorry, Petrus, he had three touchdowns, 259 yards in the air. And uh, to me, it's really promising if I'm a Hawkeye fan, just to know that he is 
able to throw the ball when he needs to, if Tyler does not have a good game running. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm very happy with the way I was playing um, as a big 10 fan. I would say that's kind of encouraging to see a team like that just hit their number right now. And uh, I think they're going to do something in the next coming weeks that is going to get a little bit more national attention than probably mm-hmm. what they're receiving which we will discuss with the whole game day scenario later. So to kind of touch on some things that you guys hit on. So last week we spoke a lot about um, Iowa's defense specifically and the turnovers that they've been forcing uh, thus far in the season. So like Friday, gosh, what an opportunistic, you know, performance by them, like to get, I believe it was seven total turnovers. I mean, that's just insane. Like, um, you got to wonder, though, like as a spectator, maybe even an Iowa fan, who knows um, if they're, you know, starting to reach the apex of their season, which as far as, you know, timing it with Penn State is very good, but you got to hope they're not reaching their peak because you've seen a lot of teams to where, you know, season in some way is like a journey of getting to a point where you're peaking as a unit cohesively. So what we saw Friday, I mean, gosh, we put up 51 points total. Their offense was rolling pretty good. Um, running back had a huge play. Um, so everything's clicking. You just got to hope as a as an Iowa fan or even a spectator in the Big Ten that they keep it up because um, it's tough to do. They have a very easy schedule after this coming week. So if they get through Penn State this week, they've got Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. Literally the bottom half of the Big Ten. That's mm-hmm. all they have left. So, AKA the West. Exactly. So what you're saying is like they can't afford to, you know, to be shallow with how they play the rest of this year. Like they have to come out and I think if they want to have the confidence they need, I don't think they need to go into the, if they win against Penn state, I don't think that they need an undefeated record, you know, by barely winning some of those games against the bottom half of the big 10, like they need to beat every single one of those teams by like 17 plus. I think yeah. in order to have the confidence to play whichever team's going to come out of the East. Yeah. And I think we are going to have plenty of more discussion on Iowa coming uh, here later in the show. Uh, I just want to bring it back to Maryland just a bit. Uh, they looked rough losing Dante Demas is huge. Um, um, we saw today that he's going to have season ending knee surgery. Unfortunate uh, for him as a senior. Um, however, I believe he still gets an extra year, correct? Because of the yes. pandemic. He still he has will that be option. So, yeah, he, he said on the cart, and I think he tweeted something today saying that he'll be back. So, regardless of where his career goes, um, we're supporting him. Um, obviously, I, I also lost him in fantasy, which is a huge bummer because he was having a great year. But we wish him a great recovery. But Maryland, I mean, I think they're still – in it for the east however this week they got ohio state so uh definitely a lot to fix on defense and definitely uh need to leah to play a little bit better but we still he's still got some studs um on the offense uh that offense is still gonna be potent it's just they ran into the juggernaut that is iowa this friday all right moving on to the next one uh ohio state at Rutgers. um as an Ohio State fan, I'll just quickly say I was very, very happy with this performance. Um, 
Justin was the only one last week, but I did say I was really worried about this game. And right off the bat, uh, those worries were put to rest. Uh, Ohio State looked to be uh, on offense, clicking uh, as it should be. And on defense, uh, they impressed me a lot. Um, Huge improvements. Uh, We're starting to see some guys step up. Um, that weren't necessarily starters at the beginning of the year. Um, so every uh, Ryan Day has just been rotating everyone in and out, and we're starting to see some of these guys uh, really fill in those roles, and as the defense is kind of like coming together, and I just love to see that. However, there were still some issues, uh, very poor tackling. Um, they also, uh, later in the game, I, I know there was uh, more backups in per se, but they were still kind of giving up some chunk yards. They did give up a 75-yard touchdown to Crookshank, but I mean, it's Crookshank. That guy is a stud. Uh, he's such a good, fast returner. But overall, was really happy with this performance from Ohio State, beating a good Rutgers team that we're really high on. And uh, Rutgers, you know, uh, Vedrill's just got to shake this one off um, and keep move, uh, moving on. They still can have a really great season, um, but uh, really happy with my Buckeyes. Yeah, I was super disappointed with uh, with Rutgers' performance uh, the same way Josh was, even outside of me picking them. Uh, you know, last week we kind of spoke on what what game what game is Ohio State going to slip up? Obviously, it being most likely a road mm-hmm. game, um, and you know it's kind of between this one and Indiana. So I was like, you know what, I'm definitely not going with Indiana. So I think Rutgers is up to the challenge. Clearly, <laughs> weren't. Um, I didn't get to watch the game live, but I did check out the highlights. And I mean, good lord, this got this went south super quick. It uh, I think it was within like the first four minutes, they were already down two touchdowns and then it just, mm-hmm. you know, it snow just started piling up on them. Um, mm-hmm. Just outclassed. That's all there is to it. I think Rutgers is still a, a program that's building and has uh, some, you know, potential, not only this season, but in the future. But yeah, they had, they were from the get go, they had no shot in this one at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever you fall down after the first quarter, 24 to six, um, I don't really know if there's any way, especially when it's against the juggernaut Ohio State is, you know, just as a program. Um, I feel like that's got to be pretty detrimental to your mindset of, yeah, I just don't think there's a way we're going to come back and win this. Um, now, you, Josh, mentioned you guys have been really high on Rutgers. I'm still not there, and this is another reason as to why. I hated Rutgers the entirety of last year, and I am still on that train. Oh. Um <laughs> But, um, you know, there, there was One some, day. <laughs> some sites of improvement that they showed that, you know, like you, like you said, between, um, between Kirk Shank, that really long reception, um, ended up getting the touchdown. And, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, again, looked great. He only had to throw the ball 23 times. Um, he still had 330 yards and five touchdowns. So I thought he looked great. He's starting to step it up a little bit more, um, become a little bit more consistent. Uh, as I think is what he really needed to work on the most Um, because he's got the receivers around him in the running game. He just needed to have that consistency of uh, being able to play both sides of the ball there uh, between the two passing and running game. But, yeah, Ohio State is back where uh, we kind of expected them, and I sort of expected this game to be a blowout, but I didn't expect them to be up. 14 to zero by the time I sat down at a restaurant and placed my drink order before I even got my drinks. <laughs> so we got our drinks and then looked up the TV and it was like, really? <laughs> like, all right, you can change the TV now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this game's over. So yeah, it was, 
yeah, props yeah. to them. But yeah, I mean, we saw improvement just the week before with Rutgers and Michigan. I mean, Michigan's another team that. I mean, last year they went to OT with them, but the years before that, they were kind of like Ohio State put 50 points up on them, and they only lost to them by a touchdown. But it's obvious that the discrepancy between them and Ohio State is still vast. Uh, but, yes, uh, one thing on Stroud, that sh- uh, week of rest definitely um, saw positives from that. Um, I mean, every week you saw him doing this, just rotating his shoulder. Didn't see him do it once. Uh, this game and he looked sharp so uh, definitely sitting him last week against Akron was uh, a great play and great decision on Ryan Day's half but uh, yeah looking good Um, they got a a a tough test this weekend Um, but moving on to the next one uh, the only matchup where we were 50-50 and me and AJ uh, got it right it was Michigan at Wisconsin um, this is probably the one game this week I didn't get to see a whole lot of. I was kind of following it um, uh, behind some other games. Uh, but I saw that it was relatively close for the most part, and we thought it was going to be a defensive struggle. But then in the end, Michigan just kind of blew it open. Uh, Wisconsin takes another loss to a tough team this year. Um, you know, they've kind of been in the games, and then they kind of not been. Uh, I saw that Graham Mertz got hurt, and he left the game as well. And I know Jack, Jake Ferguson also did. So those are two losses that Michigan, uh, Wisconsin's going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, but Michigan, they pulled it out. Uh, they jumped into the top ten uh, in the AP poll. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking good. And they got a uh, – they, they, both of these teams have what seems to be maybe some uh, – Maybe some uh, uh, easy matchups moving on the rest of the season. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I am kind of in the boat of Wisconsin's just done. You know, it's a very similar – I'm viewing this as a very similar situation to Penn State last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lose a That's game a week one that they might not necessarily should. Um, and it was pretty – that was a pretty gut-wrenching loss for them against Penn State, ironically enough, uh, week one. And it, you've kind of seen what it's just done to their team. Now they've had a pretty tough schedule, and that does, you know, give them some sort of, you know, leeway there. But, um, yeah, I just really don't think Graham Mertz is good. Um, highest ever ranked recruit at the quarterback position to come through their program. And he has not shown me one game yet in his mm-hmm. tenure that he is a five-star recruit. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they had to run into Michigan, who is about as hot as a team as you can get right now. Um, running the game, they really didn't have to do a whole lot on the ground. Um, they actually didn't really put up a ton of yards. Uh, as a team, they only had 253 receiving yards and 112 rushing and so when to have 38 points up on the board uh it kind of makes you wonder just kind of like how it got there but um yeah no jj mccarthy came in he had one completion uh for 56 yards and a touchdown and then he also had one rush uh or sorry he had three rushes and he had a touchdown in there as well um but yeah michigan is teetering the line of you know, is this the is this their year for the team? I don't know. I I can't say I'm ever confident with Harbaugh and there as head coach, but there's something about this team that kind of is turning heads a little bit more, I think, than his others. Um, only makes me wonder what it would look like for them if they still had uh, Ronnie Bell, uh, if they didn't lose mm-hmm. him week one. 
I think this team could have been real scary if that was the case. They got the leadership and the experience on defense. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is still a stinking beast. Uh, Josh Ross is really, really solid as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to kind of see how the next couple of games for Michigan go and if they can keep this up and if Harbaugh can get his uh, butt off the hot seat. I think AJ hit uh, the nail on the head here, especially talking about um, Wisconsin and their lack of a fast start. I think such a, a fast start, especially in college football, is enormous for so many reasons. You know, confidence. Um, you know, just momentum in general. You could look at you could have looked at these two teams at the beginning of the season and said that they were even, if not, you know, in favor more so of Wisconsin. We're kind of looking at two spectrums of two different starts here, you know? So I, I, you know, you could argue that these teams are evenly, you know, talented um, throughout, but, you know, when they met um, with, with their record disparity like that, and um, even with Wisconsin being at home, you could just tell which team had the edge right off the bat. Um, Michigan looks solid, man. I mean, they, they, you know, they look like they're kind of putting it together. You know, the last two years for them have been rough. I mean, you know, last year's kind of a situation you don't really base much off of because of the circumstances. But, um, you know, maybe maybe this is a year they, they, they have their shit together. You know, you're kind of almost waiting for them to, you know, have a stinker where they just drop them where they shouldn't, where, you know, any team could have that. But um, you know, especially in Michigan's case, like AJ pointed out with the hot seat with Harbaugh, I mean, he's a – Mm-hmm. on thin ice so like i mean he's just he's got to he's got to navigate this season pretty flawlessly and, and so far so good but um wisconsin goodness you know it's been a very long time since they've been in a situation like this in a regular um season circumstance to where like it's it's essentially normal um you're used to seeing them run the west they are far from it right now um in fact if you look at the Big Ten standings, they're second to last mm-hmm. in the West. So um, it's kind of it's bizarre to see them there. Um, so they they've got some work to do, and uh, see what happens uh, to both these schools. Yeah, um, I will point out too that they've Wisconsin's also lost to two East teams, East teams with Penn State and Michigan. So it's kind of like they got the short end of the stick when it came to the uh, the East matchups for this year. I will say one thing, though. I still think Wisconsin's defense is extremely talented, and um, the score sheet um, definitely re- represents that. Again, this was kind of a close game up until later in the game, and uh, that defense is getting no help from the offense. And uh, talking about defenses uh, or, or offenses not um, helping out their defenses – Let's move on to the next one. IU at Penn State. Talk about, uh, I watched this game, and man, IU's defense was playing as best they could without time on lawn. They they were playing, uh, they were making some great stops, but gosh dang, that IU offense and Penix. I mean, I was high on IU going into the season. You guys all know that. Um, I really thought they had a team well put together. But uh, it's just glaringly obvious that Penix is just not there anymore. He was so inaccurate, missing throws. Uh, he did make a few, but uh, man, he's just he's missed so many. He keeps throwing interceptions. Uh, he did le- uh, he did get hurt. He separated his shoulder, I believe. And I think they're looking f- uh, at Tuttle uh, to be the replacement, perhaps. But regardless, um, 
IU's offense is not nearly as uh, good as we thought they were going to be. They struggled mightily against Penn State. But IU's defense, I mean, hats off to them. Uh, they played. They tried playing one hell of a game and held uh, a, Penn, a hot Penn State team to just um, uh, what was it, 20, 24 points. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that alone. But it, it was glaringly obvious what, what the issues were for IU. Penn State, on the other hand, uh, you know, just doing their thing. Um, uh, that offense, uh, I think um, watching this game uh, – I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold. Wait for that because that's gonna be more important for the uh, the matchup this week. But I will say, um, solid win for Penn State at home. Jahan Dotson had a great game, and uh, you know I you got got a long road, road ahead, man. They still have some tough matchups uh, in the East, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a long season for the Hoosiers. Yeah, I agree. Um, pretty tough game overall. If I was an IU fan, uh, you know, like you said, showed signs on defense and. Yeah, their defense, I guess, has never really been in question through any of their games so far. Um, mm-hmm. That hasn't been the issue. Like you said, the issue has kind of been panics in the offense. Um, I was never high on IU this offseason. Um, and I hate, <laughs> no, to keep, like, I hate to keep bringing that up. Like, I don't want to be this, you know, you know, vision Purdue is this, fan. you know, this Purdue fan who's like, <laughs> He just hates IU. Like, no, I just don't think – I just never thought they were going to have the same year. I mean, even if I was a freaking Penn State fan or, you know, Maryland fan, it's like I could have mm-hmm. sat down and looked at the same thing as I watched as a Purdue fan. And that's me just as a sports guy just talking. Like, I don't think Penix really had it last year. I mean, he he was – he did well enough to get him wins, but, like, I, I he still didn't – never turned a corner. There were signs. Yeah, there were yeah. signs. Um. And then coming off the injury, I mean, I'm not blaming him for, you know, being more timid. I mean, I sure wouldn't want to – I know we've said this before, but, like, I sure wouldn't want to re-injure my knee and have to have ACL surgery again or, you know, potentially something worse come up. But, um, yeah, I I mean, it was a pretty ugly game to watch whenever they had the ball. Um, And their schedule does not get easier moving forward. Iowa, either they go – they host Penn State and then Iowa – or, sorry, wow, really messing up. Uh, they they host Penn, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Um, then they go on the road at Maryland at Michigan. So their next four are tough. Um, they're gonna have mm-hmm. to at least win one, maybe two of those games. They have to win one if they want to even shot at making a bowl game. But um, yeah, they 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 will probably need to win two of those games. And uh, I just don't think with Penix being out and I don't, I'm not, I don't really know too much about Tuttle, so I can't really speak on his behalf. But um, if I just had to take a guess, I would say that it probably won't work out in their favor as much, but you know, if I'm a Hoosier fan, I'm looking forward to next season. Like you got great recruits coming in. Um, It's just one of those years, you know, it it happens to everybody in this. Unfortunately, it's just that year is what it, what it's going to come out. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys hit it all. I'm not going to add uh, too much to this, but um, I will say it sounds, it looks as though, especially um, from Twitter, that IU's fan base is pretty much over Penix, and it was kind of disappointing to see some of their uh, thoughts on that situation. You know, considering a kid got hurt and all this and that, but uh, you never want to see that, regardless. But um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even, I was never really sold on Penix either. You know that. They were last year. It, gosh, you can just throw that away altogether. Whether it was good or bad for whatever happened to your program, especially 
um, probably the good, you know? So um, and that's the case here. Um, and, and I think to kind of touch what, what I, what I spoke on first tonight was about fast starts. I mean, I use a product of a very fast start that really shouldn't have even happened. And ironically it was against Penn state last year. So um, last week I said, this was a revenge game and Penn state very much treated it as such, you know, putting the goose egg, when I used uh, side of the scoreboard and, and doing what they had to do, nothing super exciting on Penn State's part, which is very businesslike. Um, but yeah, I mean, I use season is looking pretty bleak right now for sure. Yeah, uh, one last thing on Penix too. Uh, I think that because you know we've been we've been watching him for a few years now, and obviously after last year's injury, he's not nearly running as much, and he wasn't a big big runner per se, but you know he was. Uh, I would say kind of like uh, a Justin Fields type quarterback where he's mainly passing, but if he has to make a run, he can do it. And that injury, you could tell, definitely bothered him. But one thing that has been consistent is he's just not been really accurate ever. Uh, he, uh, even last year in like big wins and stuff, like he just pick up one or two interceptions all the time. And, um, you know, he just, he he's good. He, he's an, he reminds me a little bit of like JT Barrett's arm. Like, yeah, he can, he can sling it, but it's not, it's so inaccurate sometimes. And it's just, you just get unnecessary interceptions or he misses big throws, um, you know, and he just got hurt again. It's just, I feel really bad for him. But at the same time, you know, with the way IU season is going, you know, maybe, maybe this might be a blessing in disguise as bad as it sounds and getting Tuttle in. And maybe he can do something different on, to get that offense going because that defense is being left out to dry, man. So. But anyway, we'll move on to our next matchup. Uh, what? Uh, uh, we got uh, Charlotte at Illinois. I believe it was kind of close toward the beginning, but then Illinois yeah. kind of broke it out. Uh, really, the only thing I had to say about this game is Chase Brown. Uh, <laughs> he had a monster game. Uh, he broke the Illinois uh, single-game rushing record, uh, which was held by Red Grange. Uh, any uh, long or dedicated Big, T- Big Ten fans will know that Red Grange is probably one of the greatest running backs to ever go through the Big Ten conference. Um, he was a he was a great uh, uh, running back, and Chase Brown broke his single game rushing record uh, with 257 yards. Um, happy to see Chase Brown kind of had a rough uh, opening to this year. You know, he had some weird uh, lingering injury kind of bother him, and then he uh, didn't travel with the team to uh, 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 to their last game. And um, yeah, just nice to see him fully healthy and doing his thing. However, it was still Charlotte. <laughs> um, they got a better test uh, this next week against a really good uh, Wisconsin defense. So uh, we'll see how it happens. But Illinois got a win. Uh, we're getting rid of these non-conference games, which is great to see. But uh, yeah, c- congrats to Chase Brown on a wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say on this one. It was. Uh really ugly game for Illinois outside of Chase Brown. You know, they ended up coming out with the victory, but no points were scored in the fourth quarter. They were down at half. Um, and, you know, sets so about right about where we have them mm-hmm. probably in our AP ranking. So, of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really all I've got. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got really anything on this one. This is arguably the worst game of the week, conference-wise. Um, Illinois was losing early. I do know that. I think they were losing uh, at halftime. They ended up uh, pulling it out. But uh, Illinois is essentially kind of a filler team this year. <laughs> Just uh, oh, you did. Lots and 
shut up. Chase Brown <laughs> did drop a 40 bomb on you. <laughs> yeah. That was great. <laughs> did I actually even say they were, they were counterproductive last week. <laughs> All righty. Moving on to the next one, which I know you guys are going to have some, something to say about this. Minnesota at Purdue. Uh, yeah, if anyone uh, watched this game or saw the highlights, it was, to say the least, raining. Uh, AJ and Ryan, you guys were there, if, I, if, I believe, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, I hope you guys game. were somewhat dry. Um, yeah, I was watching this one on and off. I was at work when uh, this was going on. Uh, but I did see, uh, I did see uh, quite a few drives on Purdue's offense. And it just seemed like, man, they would just get the ball moving, get near the red zone, and then just fall apart. Um, I mean, in rainy conditions like that, you can't be relying too much on field goals. Um, it's kind of tough to ask someone to kick in those conditions, to say the least. But, man, they just could not seem to get the ball in the end zone on multiple different drives. Uh, Minnesota, on the other hand, uh, they weren't looking, quite frankly, any uh, that much better. Uh, they were able to get their uh, – field goal unit in position now and they hit theirs uh just an ugly game overall but weather wise and performance wise and uh minnesota got the dub and we all saw we all had purdue winning this one so we got we all got this one wrong this week just go aj i'll go okay uh <laughs> um so <laughs> i was i was lucky enough to only feel i guess the pain from watching the game, not necessarily enduring the weather like AJ and Ryan were. Um, <laughs> so, watching this game, it was it was, gosh, it was kind of like last week in the sense of it was kind of brutal to watch as far as like performance is concerned. But um, Purdue can move the ball, but you know, anything outside the twenties, they're good. Anything inside, they're absolute trash. Um, I saw a statistic today that said they lead the conference in field goals inside the twenty. That's that's not good. You know, there's a saying out there that says field goals are for losers, and uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, state the obvious what Purdue was this past weekend. Um, last week, <laughs> I was very pro O'Connell. Um, you know, I think I think obviously, I mean, at this point, it's I mean, Purdue has two quarterbacks they can win with, <clears throat> and uh, I'm not gonna plagiarize some somebody on one of the writers on GBI, which I don't know if anybody's fond of. Um, road. Purdue has two quarterbacks they can win with not because of. So they, they've got some borderline game managers that have skill that can throw the ball around and in some cases maybe run around a little bit. Um, but right now I think the blame is on Jeff Brom and his situational play calling within the 20s, which is where they're suffering um, from production. Mm -hmm. um, they actually had a really good running performance from King Guru this weekend. It was uh, probably the best of the season so far um, outside of the running back being involved in the passing game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, defensively, I think Purdue did enough. Um, offensively, you know, scoring 13 points in two weeks in a row, you know, and actually three, I think it was three weeks in a row if you count the Notre Dame game too. Um, yeah. You know, that's just not going to get it. You know, it's, it's you know, very much – hate to keep making baseball analogies on here, but it's like having a great pitching staff, but your lineup's just not hitting the ball. That's essentially what Purdue football is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're getting a great effort mm -hmm. and, um, you know, result on one side of the ball, but the other side is a liability. And it's it's bizarre because in 
past years, it was flip-flopped. You know what I mean? You'd have an offense that would put up 28, 30 points in these ball games because their defense couldn't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. Fortunate. Um, so a lot of people online are, are talking about, you know, is it time for Braun to maybe hand over the play calling and just be a general and, you know, create a game plan, control the sideline, keep your coaches in check, that type of cliche head coach job where you just kind of walk the sideline and make mean faces, whatever you want to say. And, <laughs> give the play calling duties to your younger brother, to which a lot of people are saying was the most competent Purdue's offense has looked in, in a while. And when uh, when Jeff was out with COVID, where his brother Brian called the game when they beat a ranked Iowa team at home last year. Um, so, you know, maybe that's too far. Maybe that's a little bit um, too much of a hot take. And I don't even know if I agree with it myself. But one thing's for sure is that <laughs> they kind of need to just, you know, throw it all out and, and make a better inside the 20 yard line offensive game plan because that's costing them ball games and they're lucky they didn't lose last week and they really should have this could have been a third straight loss because of borderline offensive ineptitude so they got to get that figured out and, uh, mm-hmm. I'll t- sorry to talk all about Purdue in this one but to add something on Minnesota um, I mean they didn't look that great either you know um, one, oh, no, one, could, one could argue that you know Purdue lost it versus Minnesota winning it. And, you know, there's, there was that one touchdown early in the game that really shouldn't have happened, but did because they didn't review it. Don't know why, but um, <laughs> that exists, but that's no excuse. You know, Purdue had plenty of opportunities to not only win the game, but to really kind of almost win it big, but that's, that's the way it goes sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think the bye comes at a good time for them to get their shit together. In other words, yeah <laughs> get it together get their injured players healthy you know it's a good time for purdue uh the game was miserable to be at the tailgating was fun um and then as soon as you step foot in the stadium it rained the entire time um unfortunately we did not stay dry um we then went to dinner afterwards and watched ohio state and we watched uh, cincinnati pull off a great win so you know we ended we ended on a pretty decent note but um yeah, it was really ugly to be at. I ended up having to make a pretty big bet on the game in order to even stay interested in it um, just because <laughs> it was that type of game. It was that type of atmosphere. Um, yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Connell can sling the ball. I mean, we all know that. 371 yards in the pouring rain, still pretty good. It's not great. You know, I, like, like Justin said, that quote off GBI, like it – like we just need more – like the play calling is I'm glad you hit on that because it was kind of atrocious. Like Austin Burton came in three times and what did they do every single time he came in the game? He ran right up the middle all three times. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's just like, it's predictable. Um, I, I, I think Brahms got what he needs to win, but like he is not making the correct decisions. And so I think if they were to, um, move it over to Brian. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I don't think that'll happen, but now I'm a little optimistic that you said that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, King Doru had a good game. You know, he's had a pretty good year stepping up and in for Horvath who went out and um, Minnesota didn't look great. You know, that Altman Bell touchdown at the beginning was just not a touchdown. Um, it was really frustrating. They did not yeah. review that. And honestly, that chain, that could, I mean, there's your seven point win. Um, but uh, I do want to say, though, that like 
I think the thing that's standing out to me the most this year is like Purdue's defense, and it's actually not bad, but our stars haven't been like great, you know, like they should be, you know, uh, like Carl Loftus, obviously he's been getting double teamed quite often, if not almost every time, but like he hasn't done anything that makes me think he's a top 10 draft pick yet this year. Like he hasn't stood out in a game and been like that guy in a game. It's been more like, you know, Jalen Alexander and Jalen Graham and Marvin Grant's had a pretty good year. Um, but like, obviously it really hurts not having Johnson um, or sorry, not Johnson. Um, oh, I'm blanking big time. Um, crap. Besides the point, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of 15. I can't think of his name. Um, Mitchell. Yeah. Demarcus Mitchell. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I mean, having him on the opposite opposite side of George would be huge. And I think it'd help open George up a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this bye week is going to be crucial. Like, we come back and uh, we – well, let's just say we're probably not going to win the game we come back because we play at Iowa. But um, you never know. Some stuff could trickle down. You know, Penn State wins this weekend. Iowa's season could think they are over. You know, another upset potential. But besides the point, um, that's me as a Purdue fan become optimistic. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything much else to say on this game. Um, yeah, it just – was just a miserable game to be at and put me in a really bad mood. Yeah, it was ugly on the field and ugly on the field weather-wise, to say the least. However, it did look like the Purdue cheerleaders were having some fun on the sidelines. Anyway, moving on. We got another kind of a snoozer, Western Kentucky at Michigan State. Um, other than Michigan, uh, Michigan State's uh, unis were absolute fire. I love the throwback logo they put on. Uh, Kenneth Walker looked good as he cruised to another great game. Um, Michigan State took care of business, beat Western Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that one. Uh, they got a, a little bit better, uh, a pretty good matchup this week um, with Rutgers. Western Kentucky, um, like Justin's been saying almost every week, this could be the last time we – see a team like this being uh, playing some big 10 teams just because of the alliance and everything uh but the uh, hilltoppers helmets were also pretty cool looking as well but other than that um michigan state got the dub and uh we're are moving on yeah i here's a hot take if if kenneth walker continues to do what he's doing in the big 10 season is it too much to say he could be considered Maybe not a finalist, but in the running for Heisman. I think he's Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. I mean, who would have thought coming from Wake oh, Forest? Yeah. Just, it, I mean, just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it just it, Peyton Thorne's been having a great year so far with Michigan State, and he's carried the torch whenever Kenneth Walker has not been able to get going on the ground. And to have that lethal combo is really working for Michigan State. And Mel Tucker, let's go, Mel. Fire me up. Like, he's having <laughs> – like, he had great signs last year that, like, he could do something. But I don't think people thought it would be this quick. And he's got a team. Like, they are bought into his system. Um, Jalen Naylor is an unbelievable receiver. He's having a great year as well. Jaden Reed's having a great year. Um, Kenneth Walker, we already touched on, is just like – 
they're in a really good spot. Obviously, they give up 31 points to Western Kentucky, so their defense probably needs to tune it in just a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see them, you know, winning out and going to the Big Ten championship. But um, I would like to be surprised, and if that is the case, then let's go. I mean, I would love to see Josh. No offense to you. But I would say that this year, like, I would love to see another team other than Ohio State get a shot just because of how well some of these teams are playing right now. You know, we have five teams in the Big Ten ranked in the top 11. Like, that is mm-hmm. unbelievable. I'll and be at that Michigan State-Ohio State game, so. That's the last game of the year. Or, no, it's second last game of the year. Second but, last game um, of the year. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Michigan State, they've got Michigan. They go to IU. They go to Purdue. They go at Ohio State and then close it to Penn State at home. It's just, like, that's tough. So I, I can't say I expect them to win out, but I know I, I think they're going to put up great battles in all those games, and you know it's going to lay in their hands on what they'll get a good bowl happen. game. For oh sure. yeah, yeah. They should they should be New Year's six by the time season's done. Yeah. Before Justin says anything, I will say quickly: Western Kentucky has put up thirty-one points against two Big Ten teams back-to-back weeks. So, and sure. it was against IU's defense, which is also a solid defense. So, uh, quick little hats off to Western Kentucky. It's not like they were coming and getting cupcake beat up on. Uh, they still put up a little bit of a fight, which is good. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, I didn't. I just looked at the score and was kind of surprised by that too. And I know they're every bit of four years removed from Jeff Brown, but I'm wondering if his offense still kind of sticks around there. He was in town. <laughs> they, were, they were stupid potent, and unfortunately it hasn't really translated to West Lafayette a little bit. But, uh, no. um, so to go on your on your um, Heisman mention, I don't. I mean, absolutely his name should be thrown around, but I don't think he's a blockbuster name, and obviously isn't that like a, a blue blood, you know, situation school-wise but next year hell yeah i mean if he doesn't decide to cash in on his production this year maybe throw his name in the draft to start next year hell yeah i think he's going to be a heavy hitter name you know right off the bat being thrown in there um he was one of those guys this year i didn't even know who the hell he was and then he has that first game and does a hell of a job in fantasy for aj um but yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and I've probably said this already on these podcasts. I'm super jealous of the Michigan State's program right now. You know, we had our pre- like we had our preview, and I was like, man, they're going to be lousy. They were lousy in week year one. I mean, what what reason would they have to be five and zero right now, except to you know just have a legitimate you know program building situation and we're back where they have been for like the last decade and a half? It's kind of amazing. But yeah, I mean, they just they just keep winning, and uh, my apologies if this was already said, but you know, Josh mentioned they're playing Rutgers next week at Rutgers. That, that'll be an interesting matchup, um, just for the sake of a potential rebounding game for Rutgers. But yeah, I mean, Michigan State's just doing what they got to do to stick around, and they are almost in the top ten, folks. Yeah, uh, overall, you love to see um, all these teams. Uh, so high up uh, in the rankings right now, the Big Ten, of course, uh, where there's going to be some matchups head-to-head, which could change that. But right now, as we, as it is, it's nice to see Michigan State definitely, uh, you know, had a rough year last year. But as as Justin says, you can throw that out the window. It's COVID year, Mel Tucker's first year, and we're seeing what he's doing right now, and it's, it's great. Anyway, moving on to the last matchup, um, the Northwestern at Nebraska game. 
Um, what was the crazy stat? How many total rushing yards did Northwestern put up? Like negative? It was negative three, right? It did you guys? Was... You guys see that stat? Um, I'm gonna. I gotta look this up. I, I remember seeing something something on it. Overall, ugly ugly game. Uh, Nebraska came in and took care of business. Um, they beat them fifty six to seven. Uh, looking up right here. No, they did have thirty seven rushing yards on twenty six attempts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Northwestern, they had six hundred and fifty seven total yards. Northwestern two hundred ninety three. Uh, yeah, um, Nebraska. You know, um, they're playing a lot better than they than they were at the beginning of the year. Honestly, uh, you know, a tough game against Michigan State. Uh, they played Oklahoma tough, and they just swapped Northwestern, who is should be at the bottom of all of our rankings every week. Um, Nebraska, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, we're going to see like a big upswing, but they're definitely playing way better. Um, of course, uh, they still got a lot of tough matchups left in the uh, throughout the season. Uh, they actually, you know, have Michigan next week. They still got to play Iowa, and they play Ohio State. Um, but yeah, uh, they absolutely destroyed Northwestern. Northwestern, uh, you know, uh, last year they were in the Big Ten Championship. This year they're in the bottom. Um, they did lose a lot of guys, like we've been saying. Um, I just think I'm just going to call it a, a down year for uh, Fitzgerald. And I think next year, um, once you get some better recruits in, we could see uh, that Northwestern team of old. But this year it's just not their year, <laughs> and uh, they're getting they're they're just getting thwapped on by everyone right now. So uh, yeah, what do you guys have to say about this one? You know, hey, Adrian Martinez looks good. He, oh, yeah, yeah. We said we said at the beginning of the year like this is going to be just another Adrian Martinez led down year, but like he looks good. You know, he looked good against Oklahoma. He looked unbelievable rushing the ball. You know, he had eight attempts, fifty yards, and three touchdowns. Two hundred and two in the air and another mm -hmm. touchdown. Like he looks pretty good. Um, so this is a big week for them um northwestern's dead to me i have nothing to say about them but um pat Fitzgerald <laughs> can probably get fired now but um yeah Ooh. like this is a big week for nebraska um they they're playing they they look good their chemistry's there their fan base is behind them even with a three and three season and they've got a top 10 team coming in this week on a uh, national television yeah, well so it's going to be yeah, we'll be sure to hit on that yeah really interesting to yeah kind of see what happens moving forward but we'll touch on that in a couple minutes so <clears throat> i just looked at um the standings in the big 10 obviously in their standings standings it, sh it shows their uh home and away record as aj just alluded nebraska's got um lee is it michigan coming in yep so they're undefeated at home, which is huge, but they're winless on the road. So that is uh, a telltale of a, of a – could be in a coaching issue, which, you know, if you can't get your team ready to play on the road and yeah. win some games, um, it could be a number of issues. That's just potentially one of them. Um, you know, they, maybe they need to take care of the ball more on the road. But, um, no, that would be interesting because obviously Nebraska, despite – um, you know what level of football they're playing. Their their atmosphere is is outstanding. It has been for decades. I mean they've got they've got a hell of a historical program. There's just no way around it. Um, you know that it's a night game too. I'm just seeing. So that's that place is going to be rowdy. Um, this might you know talking a little bit earlier about Michigan. 
maybe uh, running into some things that might be it, but um, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, Northwestern, man, looking at what they've done, they don't have a winning streak or a losing streak this season. You know, they win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. So, what you're saying is they're due. (laughs) They could be, based upon that pattern this week they are. Um, But, um, yeah, (laughs) weird season for them. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, Josh said that maybe they have like a bounce back season, but you know, it's Northwestern. I mean, I think they found their peak under Fitzgerald. Granted, he's an alum and that's always kind of a sacred thing for a program and a fan base and an athletic director. But I mean, if next year's he's going to be on quite the hot seat for sure. Really? So you guys, so I guess you guys are bringing it up. I'm kind of shocked. We're going to throw him on the hot seat already, especially after he's taken Northwestern to two Big Ten championships, although they did lose. But, um, you know, it was just last year they were in it. And um, season they've been having so far, you guys think he's going to be on the hot seat next season? Yeah. Hmm. All I right. Did. All right. God, I don't know about that one. but uh, yeah, I do. I do because, <clears throat> like, we've, like we've been saying quite a bit tonight, is last season, it, I mean – Obviously, if you had a good season, cool, but it doesn't really hold any water as far as like going back and being like, okay, what can we build on? What can we take away from this season? Every The whole thing was just screwed up, you know, them getting there and obviously inevitably just losing to Ohio State like everyone does there. I mean, it doesn't really say that much. Granted, they did win their bowl game, um, but I mean, and you, I mean, you could always argue, you know, in a, re- I mean, we're seeing it now in a regular season. Could they, could they get there? And and obviously the answer is a resounding no this year. Um, but they're just going to have to get there in a regular season, like most every team that hasn't, you know, proven until otherwise, you know. So I, I just don't see it. I think they've reached their peak. But next year will be a good telltale. I don't know if it'll be next year that decides it, but it'll be a really good indicator in the near uh, short term, to say the least. Yeah, well, um, that's definitely something we'll have to keep an eye on, and it's going to be a huge debate, especially seeing when their season, how their season ends going into the offseason, especially with Coach Hot Seat. So can't wait to discuss that later on. However, we're moving on. Um, so this week we finally got the AP poll uh, back up and running and uh, done at the right time. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and run through it real quick and breaking into our number one spot for the first time since Ohio State in week one is Iowa. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm the one that's continually been voting for Iowa as the number one team and they definitely proved it with their dominating performance over Maryland. So we got Iowa in at one with three first place votes, Penn State at two with one, um, Michigan at three, Ohio State at four, Michigan State at five, and then the rest of the list, we got Maryland at six, Rutgers at seven, Minnesota at eight, or Minnesota and Wisconsin tied at eight, IU at 10, Purdue 11, Nebraska 12, Illinois 13, and Northwestern, uh, actually Illinois and Northwestern are tied for 14th and last place. Um, so just looking at it right now, uh, anything that jumps out to you guys, uh, anything you guys want to comment on? And uh, 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 going on with our AP poll this week. I would say the one, maybe the only thing I would say stand out that you could probably put either way, but it really doesn't entirely matter, would be Ohio State 4 and Michigan State 5. I would say to me that mm-hmm. would maybe be the only thing that stands out. 
But other than that, um, I don't know if Wisconsin is better than IU and Purdue or even Nebraska at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think they're ranked a little too high. And if I had to take a guess on who still has them high, it might be the guy not on the cast tonight. Um, he's <laughs> big and true to his Badgers. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say other than that, I think they are high as well. I agree. And um, one thing that I noticed was um, we're still pretty high on Maryland at six. Um, you know, I think that we're respecting that uh, they lost to a, a really, really good team. But I really I think that we could see them drop a little bit after this week uh, if they get exposed again by another top team in Ohio State. Uh, but Justin, you got anything? Yeah, I'm I'm probably the culprit as to why Ohio State's so high. Um, I uh, I'm clearly an Ohio State program hater, always will be. But my respect for them is almost as great. Unfortunately, it makes no sense. But um, I just think I just think I mean they are frankly the Alabama of the Midwest, and like I've been saying the whole time, they'll they'll be the king of it until someone knocks them off. Um, Watching them play a Rutgers team that I actually held in somewhat high regard the way they did. I mean, to me, that's impressive. Um, I think they're finally getting into gear. Um, so we might just start watching them whoop up on teams and not only stay relatively where they are, but start moving up based upon the other teams beating the hell out mm-hmm. of each other. So true. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't, th- here's a, here's a take. They're not going to go any lower than where they are the rest of the year promise you i like it i like it (laughs) uh but yeah we'll definitely uh you know we do this every week um we're probably to look on somehow getting this uploaded to the website as well so that people can check it throughout the week um but yep that's our ap poll for this week definitely let us know if we uh you know anyone's too high too low but i am happy to see the hawkeyes finally break into the number one spot this week uh, we couldn't convince one of our voters, but uh, they did get three. So, moving on to the next and probably the most important uh, thing this week is, uh, I guess we can just kind of go ahead and uh, start talking about it and then move into our pickums. But Penn State at Iowa, you know, top oh, matchup in oh, Iowa. Barn burner um, coming your way. uh it's got a four o'clock kickoff so not the prime time that we'd love to have but that's fox for you uh i believe we're actually we're kind of lucky because if if it wasn't for the red river showdown um it would definitely be kicking off at noon (laughs) Um, thanks to fox big noon kickoff but uh i know we were kind of talking about iowa earlier one thing i wanted to bring up that i saw today iowa has scored 75 points off defense so far this year and i think that's crazy the next highest team the points off defense was like 59 or something it is ridiculous what this iowa defense is doing petrus is looking or petrus is looking great i know me and aj were kind of uh you know we were we're kind of rooting him on last year a bit and uh uh, we're, uh we're, we're saying he was pretty solid but he's taken massive strides this year um, and you know, I'm excited for this game. I cannot wait to sit down and watch it and, uh, it's going to be a great one. Um, but any, any guys thoughts on, on this game? Uh, any, anything we need to look out for? I don't know. Like, obviously is Penn State going to be able to score? 
I think would be the headline given that Iowa's mm. defense is just so fundamentally sound. That would be my biggest thing is, are they going to be able to score? Um, and if so, can their defense, you know, contain the run game of Iowa? Um, but on the other side, like, is Iowa's defense going to be able to contain Jahan Dotson? You know, is Noah Kane going to have a good mm-hmm. game on the ground? Is Clifford going to be an experienced quarterback and throw some dimes? And, um, you know, then at that point is, uh, you know, is Iowa's offense going to be able to produce? You know, so there's, there's a lot of questions going into this game. And I think that the two teams that are ranked the most high out of all the, out of the five big 10 teams in the top 11, I would say that these two teams are the ones we probably have the most questions about. And they're the top two teams in the big 10. And I think this week Mm -hmm. is really going to answer everything for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to start, start off by saying, Kind of a vague, interesting stat. My apologies for not having specific years or maybe even specific teams, but I think it's interesting nonetheless. Um, these two teams are three and four nationally, respectively. Um, the last time the Big Ten had a matchup that didn't involve a higher state in this type of matchup, I believe was the late 90s. And if you want to throw out a high state and Michigan, I believe it goes back to the 60s. So, you know, the rareness <laughs> and the uniqueness nice. of what we're seeing Saturday is is pretty cool um, from a from a conference perspective. But um, man, I mean, I think the, the biggest the biggest variable in this game is going to be Clifford versus the Iowa defense. Obviously, we've spoken heavily on how opportunistic this Iowa defense is from the obnoxious amount of turnovers they have and even points off of them, if not from the initial turnover themselves. So um, Clifford has some history of not taking care of the ball and not playing some good ball. Um, This is going to be a game that's going to require his 100% peak poise um, by, you know, obviously not only just taking care of the ball, but, you know, making plays when it has to happen. Um, So that to me, as far as if you're looking at a game within a game, that's where it's at this week. Um, I, I think I think I was I think there's a lot of things on Iowa's side. And I think it's too much for Penn State to overtake. I think um, I think I was going to win this one by two touchdowns, and I think it's going to be that matchup that I mentioned is going to be the turning point. I think Clifford's going to turn it over at least three times by himself. Well, I like I like your, I like your pick this early, but. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm just excited because kind of like what Justin just said. I mean, even being an Ohio State fan, I love to see this. I love it when we can get other teams in the conference ranked this high and have marquee matchups like this instead of it just consistently just being, you know, one like Wisconsin randomly getting up there or Michigan get up there and just playing Ohio State. Um, this is great for the conference and um, I'm so excited for this game. You know, there's nothing better than you know, top five team, top five teams going at it in early October. Um, you know, Kinnick Stadium is going to be electric. Um, I, it's going to be an exciting game. I really think, I really, really just hoping and praying it doesn't turn in any kind of blowout or too much of a defensive stalemate. I just want some, a solid football game, but I'm really excited. I think you guys both hit everything really, really well. Um, one observation I'll make is that, um, you know, uh, I think that we look at a lot of people are going to be looking at Penn State's offense versus Iowa's defense. But on the flip side, 
you know, uh, Penn State's defense going against Iowa's offense. Um, now, Ryan would, uh, I'll speak for him here, you know, he's been kind of hesitant on Iowa's offense all year and really wanting to see what they could do against a solid defense. And I think Penn State is going to be the best defense they've faced so far this year. Penn State's defense is by no means awful. Um, they're, they're, they're solid. They just held IU to a shutout. Now I know IU's having their issues on offense, but holding a team to a shutout is impressive, no matter really who it's against, um, other than cupcake teams, obviously, or an FCS team. But, but besides the fact, um, Iowa is going to have a tough test uh, when they're out there as well. And, um, you know, they've been uh, uh, getting great field. I, I remember uh, uh, on Friday, Justin and me made the observation too. Like, I don't think Iowa started their own drive in their own territory for like the first two quarters. Um, Iowa's defense is just that much of an asset to the Iowa offense. But what if this Iowa defense is, you know, maybe uh, they give up a few scores and Iowa's, Iowa's offense is going to have to maybe put together some drives. That's where we're going to see uh, how good this Iowa offense is if maybe they're in a situation where the defense can't give them that great field position. So I'm going to be watching that immensely because, you know, Kyler Goodson's a great running back and Petrus has been having a great year. I think he's ranked top 12 and uh, all quarterbacks in college football. But, uh, you know, he may have to sling it. And if he has to sling it, um, you know, we, we haven't really seen uh, him slinging it in a, in a situation like this, in a marquee matchup. So uh, I think a lot of, uh, like AJ was alluding to, with these questions that need to be answered. And I think a lot of those questions are also on Iowa's offense. And uh, it's going to be a great one. And I cannot wait. Yeah. So anyway. After dissecting that game, we're just going to go ahead and go into the pickums for this week. First up, Maryland at Ohio State. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – Justin, if you want to go, i got to pull up uh, Ryan's picks. That way I have them ready. What, which one Which one are we going with first? Is it the Maryland? Iowa I, – uh, I mean, Ohio State at Maryland. I got you. Okay. Um, Ohio State's going to blow them out of the water, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, I think Ohio State is just, uh, I think they're getting into gear. Whatever issues they were facing at the beginning of the year, which appeared to be at the quarterback position for the most part, is getting resolved. And I think that week off for Stroud is going to frankly be the turning point. Um, and, and we all saw that uh, Maryland struggled, obviously, last week. So I think it's going to spill over into this week, and Ohio State's going to win by at least three touchdowns. All right. Uh, so I already got that. I got that pulled up now. Uh, Ryan is also going Ohio State. Um, I will also be picking my Buckeyes in this one. However, I will still think that this is going to be a really tough test for this Ohio State defense. As I said earlier, they made improvements, but Rutgers' offense compared to Maryland's offense is a whole nother ball game. Even with Demas out, Raheem Jarrett's still there, Time Fleet Davis. Um, and Talia, you know, he's going to be looking to bounce back. So I think this is going to be a, a bigger test for the uh, Ohio State defense. And we can really see if these past few uh, three weeks they've actually made some improvements to uh, keep up with a high-powered uh, offense. On the defensive side, though, um, yeah, uh, Ohio State's offense is, I think, second in the country right now. They're unstoppable, and they look amazing. Uh, Maryland's defense, as we saw, is not that great. Um, they definitely struggle. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Even if the defense starts to struggle, Ohio State still gets this win. AJ. 
I would still like to make it known that I'm still on the throne here through week five. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's going to continue the rest of the season. But uh, I'm going to Ohio State. I have a good chance of catching you. I Maybe. have a good chance of catching you. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. Hey, I'm only. No, you don't, Justin. You're kind of done, but all the same. Good thing we have nothing on <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. <laughs> hey, just a round of drinks at the bar next time we're all together. That's yeah. the only thing I'll do. Hey, you guys, grab you guys yeah. around anyway. I'm happy to do yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to the next one. Uh, Wisconsin at Illinois. Um, you know, uh, Ryan is picking his surprise, surprise uh, Badgers. Um, I will also be picking Wisconsin. Um, I think that uh, I think that uh, after taking up a bunch of bunch of tough losses, even without Graham Mertz in this week, um, Wisconsin is going to take all that frustration out on Illinois. Um, Wisconsin's defense is still, uh, you know, playing really, really good. I think uh, Wisconsin's offense is going to be able to move the ball on Illinois' defense, uh, which is not that great. So um, this is definitely going to be uh, – I feel sorry for Illinois because Wisconsin may be taking out some frustrations this season uh, against them this week. So I got Wisconsin. I think this, like Josh kind of hit on one, one uh, spectrum of something that could happen. You know, Wisconsin can uh, – blow them out of the water, kind of let off some frustration, or we could go the opposite side and, you know, maybe see a repeat of the, the Maryland game where Illinois hung around for quite a bit and uh, made a mm-hmm. game of it. So I think you're not going to really see anything in the middle. I think you're going to see one of the two extremes. Um, I don't know which is going to be which, but either way, I think Wisconsin pulls it out regardless. Okay. And AJ. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I've come to find out oh, that right. if I don't break down the games, I tend to have a better record. So <laughs> I will not be breaking right. down hardly anything. All right. Next one. Um, a really intriguing one and a possible, um, what I've been seeing, at least on the social medias, is what a lot of people are saying could be a possible upset. Michigan at Nebraska. We were kind of talking about it earlier. Um, about Nebraska having success at home. Uh, Justin hit on that. Um, also, uh, uh, Nebraska fans are dedicated as hell. I mean, I, they'll, they'll still they'll still show up no matter how bad or well they're playing. Um, Michigan, on the other hand, I think this is going to be uh, a really, really tough road test for them. Um, I think that it could be uh, a close one, um, but I uh, Ryan is going to go with Michigan. I'm going to stick to the favorite, and I will pick the Wolverines to pull out what could be a close a close one in Lincoln. Justin. We're just waiting on Michigan to fuck it up. So this looks yep. like a prime example for that to happen. And... This is this this I mean you flip I'm not gonna lie despite Michigan being a top ten team this is probably a flip a coin game here. Um, oh, like, like I just said you know I would agree. I think Nebraska I I mean, they've got a great home atmosphere it's it's you just can't deny it. Um, Michigan under Harbaugh has been spotty sometimes. Listen I mean like I said earlier this week to you boys you know I've I've got some catching up to do but I'm also digging myself a hole (laughs) 
I don't know which trend is going to happen here. Hopefully a new one of me gaining some ground. I'm going with the uh, the corn people. <laughs> the corn huskers. All right, AJ. Uh, you know. Uh, you know you want to do it. I know I do. Um, <laughs> it's like Justin said, like, if they're going to slip up, it's going to come real quick. And it's gonna come out of nowhere. Um, but then again, this is such a game too. Like on the opposite side, where like Adrian Martinez could just crap the bed, you know, and just pull out like a Illinois performance, you know, like ah, yeah, uh, yeah. gosh, this this that was the first one. week of the season. It was. It was. Um, mm. Oh man, I am struggling with this one. This might be uh, this might be the first one this year. We've had someone uh, kind of stumped on who to pick. Yeah, you know I've got I've got I've got some reason behind Nebraska in this lead. game. I'm going Nebraska. <laughs> All righty, and we got our fifty-fifty-one of the week so far. All right, that one's gonna we're done with keep eyes on that one. Moving on to the next one. Uh, Michigan State at Rutgers. Um, I think this is going to be another fantastic game. Ryan is going with Michigan State. And you know what? Um, uh, I think this one's going to be more of a <laughs> head scratch for me because it is in Piscataway. Uh, Rutgers is coming off of a tough loss to Ohio State. And Michigan State's coming off of a pretty nice win over Western Kentucky. But. You know, uh, you got to take some risk, and um, I think uh, I'm going to take a risk on this one, and I'm going with my Scarlet Knights to pull off the upset in Piscataway over the Sparty. Justin, who you got? So, like, like we all I really like this Michigan State program. They've got a lot of um, a lot of things going their way right now, a lot of things to like. Um, Rutgers just got their ass kicked. <laughs> that happened. Um, so they're going to go one way or the other. Their season's going to either fall apart or they're going to have one hell of a week of practice, you know, super motivated. Their coach going to just kind of, you know, give it to them, you know, kind of put things in perspective and, and, you know, challenge them, you know? So I, I think, I think Rutgers is going to have a hell of a week of practice. And I mean, I don't think Michigan state is, is necessarily fool's gold, um, Despite them being five and zero, man, are they really a top ten team? You know, I mean, maybe, Ooh. maybe. Um, but I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm going with Rutgers here. Like I said, I got some. Yeah, let's go. I got some ground. I got to make up. We don't got. We don't Rutgers. You both are about to dig yourself in a deeper hole this week when Michigan State comes out with the win. I'm going Michigan State. Give me my boy Kenneth oh, Walker. Oh, it's not another happening. three TDs it's on the not ground. <laughs> All right. All right. And then the matchup of the week, the one us and everyone's been talking about and we'll keep talking about. We got Penn State at Iowa. Um, Ryan is going to go with the Nittany Lions to pull off uh, the win uh, at Kinnick Stadium. I myself, you know what I said earlier? I said that the Penn State 
offense against the, or I said the uh, Iowa offense against the Penn State defense is going to be um, probably a big, maybe even a bigger storyline or what if um, than the other way around. However, going back to the main one, uh, Ohio, uh, Penn State's offense struggled mightily against IU's defense. And in my opinion, I think IU's defense is not nearly as good as Iowa's. And seeing that, um, seeing that kind of started to shift my my perception because Jahan Dotson is great, don't get me wrong, but Sean Clifford, he's having a great year. He's still Sean Clifford, and um, Patrick Petrus is having a great year. So you know what? I'm going with the Hawkeyes of Iowa to beat Penn State this weekend. Well, I'll go real quick since I already spoiled my uh, my pick and my apologies <laughs> for that. Obviously, I'm going, like I said, I'm going with Iowa, two touchdowns. But I think, man, like I said, I think I think you're looking at the game within the game that's going to decide the actual game. Um, man, it'll be interesting. I, I wouldn't hate if Clifford pulled off, you know, a good game and helped me in fantasy. But, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I have a, I have a golf outing this weekend. So, um, I'm hoping – one, the weather's nice, which I think it's going to be. That's irrelevant. Anyway, I hope we get back to the house and, and get, get to catch some of this. Because I mean, this yes. is this could very well be. I mean, this. I mean, ranking wise, this is so far the, the game of the year in the conference. Um, but result wise, who knows? Hopefully, it's a good game. But I'm sure it will be. But Hawkeyes are gonna are gonna get the dub. Yeah, yeah. AJ, you're the last one. Which way are you swinging? So I'm going to be I'm really upset because I am going to be in the UP this weekend doing some hiking with the wife. And uh, this is nice. on Saturday at four o'clock and we are doing a 10 mile hike with like no cell phone service on Saturday. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so that's tragic. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but I, I don't know. I might, might find my way around to trying to figure something out to, yeah, but yeah, like a satellite dish out there or something. I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I'll be a little upset. So uh, yeah, but I, I think I'm gonna be going Iowa in this game. All right. So we have three of us all going Iowa. Ryan, the only one riding the Vitney Lions. Yeah, not a lot of matchups this week. We're starting to condense down to the uh, Big Ten only schedule, which we love. Um, but uh, any closing thoughts for you guys before we wrap up this show? I mean, I'm excited for this week. Um, but, yeah, Justin. I guess I want to ask you guys a question. Um, now that the Cincinnati playoff um, situation oh, yeah. is actually a reality now, um, do you guys think they're going to get in if they went out? Um, if so, if not, you know, what's it going to take? Um they're number five in the polls right now. Um, you know, being from this area, I'm not a UC fan in any form or fashion, but um, I was proud of them Saturday. I was happy for their fan base. They really showed out. You know, they had that chant going on mm -hmm. when they were up 17-0. Thank goodness they didn't blow because that would have been embarrassing. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting – it's an interesting variable in this college football landscape that I think the majority of us are hungry for, you know, is mm – -hmm. Somebody who isn't a power five, obviously, but not a blue blood or a major program that can potentially make noise. And I think 
sorry, I was going to ask you, but I'm going to elaborate a little bit first. But I think Cincinnati might be the best opportunity for somebody to make some noise in it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll dump it off to you guys. And, and, and what, what do you think it'll take for them to make the playoff with the Pac-12 essentially being eliminated and, and the ACC as well? Yeah, um, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, this is truly a uh, momentous uh, to 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 gas it a little bit uh, 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 situation. Um, we've kind of had these situations in the past. Uh, UCF comes to mind. However, what makes this one special, like we were talking about earlier in the year, is that. UC actually has the wins, these marquee top wins under their belt. And um, right now they look like, and they do deserve to be in. And like you said yourself, Pac-12, that's iffy now because Oregon just took a loss. ACC, um, Clemson is done. And uh, uh, the other teams in there, while we still have some undefeated teams in the ACC, none of them are looking like true contenders. Uh, But I really think... Um, what it comes down to, obviously, is they have to win out. They have to win their conference championship. Um, I feel I'm scared. I'm worried about one, uh, two things. One of them is Notre Dame. If they drop, if they drop like two extra games, that's going to hurt the win that they had against them earlier in the year. So one thing that UC fans need to immediately turn around and do now is start rooting for Notre Dame to keep winning and stay ranked. And then two is if they do happen to have a close game against a inferior opponent. Meaning if they like play in East Carolina and they only beat them by 10 points, you know, I really feel like the committee is against UC uh, moving throughout the rest of the season. And UC basically needs to keep playing perfect, keep dominating because knowing how the committee is, they'll look at one of those little small things that to me, is I, if you're beating everyone, you have one close game. Close games happen, you know, it happens. But, you know, the committee could definitely be like that and and, and look at that and be like, oh, no, you know, oh, they struggled against uh, uh, East Carolina or, you know, they only won their big ten or they only won their cha- conference championship by, you know, 10 points against it. You know, it's, it's, there's so many narratives that the committee could bring up that would hurt them. And that's what I'm scared about for them. However, in my personal opinion, they do deserve to be there, especially if they went out. Um, I think I was uh, messing around on uh, freaking ESPN. Uh, I don't know why, because they had that uh, playoff predictor. And I thought, you know what, let, let's mess around on this. And I did UCs and I said they went out and they're still only giving UC an 82% chance, which to me is kind of low. I feel like it should be like in the 90s. But uh, there's the ESPN themselves and their little playoff predictors is still, even if they went out, only giving them an 82% chance compared to some other teams. So, um, you know, UC's definitely got to keep building on the success. They got to keep winning. And really, the committee and the college, uh, the committee's against them, you know, and I feel like a lot of the factors are against them. And I really want to see them pull it out. I really want to see them uh, get in. And, uh, yeah, it would be it'd be really crazy too, especially if UC and Ohio State both ended up there. That would be kind of wild. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm not going to be too optimistic on Ohio State's chances right now. But uh, if that were to happen, uh, especially around here, it'd go crazy. But um, you know, I think UC's got uh, a really good chance. And those two things I hit on are my biggest worries. 
Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, I I sh- I really do hope they get in. Um, I think, you know, right before they start, you know, severely talking about expanding the playoff, like I think they need to get a team like this in to prove that like it is going to be a good decision to do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if UC steps in and let's you know, let's say they win win a game, you know, obviously they'd probably be the four seed against Alabama, and it probably wouldn't work out for their favor. But you know, optimism side like potentially get a three seed, and it's like, what if they beat two? And it's like, well, then we're back to square one up like well this is this is the real deal like this i mean they're gonna be mm-hmm. you know pack five or power five next year so it'll be a little different but you know like i i think if any team over the past several years has the caliber to do it it's gonna be this team and i think they're deserving to get in if they win out and because you know alabama and georgia are probably going to go undefeated they're both probably going to end up in the playoff because of Alabama mm-hmm. will probably be Georgia, but Georgia's done enough to be deserving of getting there. Um, they mm-hmm. are just unbelievably good. And, you know, then there's going to be one of the teams out of the Big Ten. And it'd be tough, you know, to, I think to put two teams from the Big Ten in, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. But it, it, this could be really interesting. We could have a two SEC, two Big Ten team tournament mm-hmm. this year or playoff this year. We so, could. um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think that Cincinnati deserves to get in if they went out, and I sure hope uh, – I, I just hope they do because it, it would be – I think this would be taken worse than the UCF one nationwide mm-hmm. if they did not mm-hmm. get in. I'll, uh, I'll say, um, you know, being from Cincinnati like Josh is, you know, like me previously saying, I've never been a UC fan, never will be. But, you know, this city is absolutely starving for something. Granted, you know, it'd be, you know, a college football playoff appearance. You know, like AJ said, maybe they get an ass with them from Alabama. But, I mean, this would be something. Um, something that <laughs> I almost, I almost uh, tweeted this with our, with our uh, Twitter account. Um, NBC, they had, they had a, a graphic during the game that kind of pissed me off a little bit. It was kind of stupid. Um, they, they put all these Cincinnati sports entities – up in their record. Oh, I saw that. They had like a three-year um, data sample. Like, what? Like, what? What? Like, why? Like, let's just sit <laughs> on, on a city for no reason, you know? Um, granted, yeah. you know, having the Bengals and the Reds up there recently isn't really doing anybody good. But no. I mean, it's just weird. It's just random. It was kind of dumb. I almost posted a smart-ass tweet about it, but I, I held off on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, in a realistic sense, in the city of Cincinnati, I mean, they're, they're ready for something outside of a minor league hockey team winning something, you know. So, mm. oh, yeah, it's time. Granted, I would prefer it to be the Reds, not this year, unfortunately. But if, if Cincinnati football makes this city happy in that regard and, and, you know, it's just that scratch for them, so be it. I'd be all for it. Um, but, yeah. It, it is quite ironic that this is a reality after us talking about expansion. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like we talked this into happening. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, at the end of the day, I think like the situation, the situation being as it is right now is why it should expand. Like, you know what I mean? Like r- the fact that it, we're gonna, we have to discuss four when really, you know, it should be like eight 
it, it, it needs to happen, and I know we can have a whole other uh, cast just talking about playoff expansion, and we have, but, uh, you know, it, it needs to happen, and, um, you know, I, I, I definitely want to see more teams get in and just make the playoff, you know, uh, uh, not not so locked up, but also get some teams that do deserve to play for something, you know, for doing what they, for, for having a good year. So, um, anyway. Well, last thing, um, if you don't mind, I think college football is clearly, is clearly top heavy in, in some aspect, but I think there's proving to be a lot of parity. And I just think, I, I just think mm-hmm. more kids deserve this opportunity in this, in this, you know, spotlight in a similar fashion. Oh yeah. So, that's that's all I'll, I'll add to it. We can talk about it some other time. No, I. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. All right, well, that's gonna do it for uh, our cast this week. Uh, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at the FSP Podcast. Uh, feel free to interact as with the follow. Um, also check out check us out on Spotify where we have um, some previous uh, 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 weeks up there you can listen to. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week after uh, a very exciting uh, week of Big Ten college football. See you.